know what? Hi. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hi. Hi. This is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westrate. I'm Jason Black. This is a podcast about female performers and their legions of fans in the LGBTQ community. Yeah, it's a queer uh, standcast where we lightly investigate, uh, lovingly understand uh, the connection between queers and their divas. We look at divas of the screen. We look at divas of the small screen, the television. We look at recording artists and concert divas. And then sometimes we dive deep into one artifact, one beautiful piece of work by a diva. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Sometimes we interview people and sometimes it's just us. Well, kiddies, it's just us uh, this week. It's just us. And we are, we have taken our shovels out. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have gone past the prehistoric level permafrost mm-hmm. of the earth. We are geologists. We're divaologists. We have, we're divaologists, and we have brought out a um, a real, real gold, gold piece of treasure. A treasure. We've gone back to the. We've. I would say this is the well. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Jason and I have been friends since we were children, and we've been obsessed with a single diva the entire time. And that diva is Bette Midler, and we're going back to the Bette Midler well to find this little piece pan for our gold. And what are we covering this week, Jay? We're covering 1990s. That was a year. That was a year. 31 years ago, 1990. Wow. Fuck. So so feels as fresh as as those dinosaur bones, as a daisy. We're doing some people's lives. Bette Midler's some people's lives. Oh shit, we missed our most iconic part that makes you so you skipped past it. Oh, you want to well, but why don't you just run yours off? I don't even have them. No, you have to do it too. Who is this a podcast for, Jason? Me. (laughs) This is a podcast for it's for double platinum divas. It's a podcast uh, for returns. It's a podcast for ladies who can't arrive at brunch because they were just executed in their yard. It's a podcast for the Gulf War. <laughs> yes, it's a podcast for female studio recording artists. There we go. If you're new to the podcast, hey, we do that every week. Kids. So tune in. <laughs> we got that in. in. Boom, boom. And tune we're in done. for a bit of wordplay. That was our some people's lives. What if that is? <laughs> that would be epic. Just, it's just for us. It's just for us. Oh. What's, <sighs> So this, Some People's Lives, is the seventh studio album by Bette Midler, as Jay said, from 1990. And this is our second Bette album review on the official podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I'm feeling a little held in my chesty poos. Uh, I think it's very um, – and I think I remember we, we, we recorded – I remember – I don't – a lot of these recordings come and go. They're all amazing, but uh, they kind of happen really fast and you have to keep moving on to the next one. And I remember doing Bed of Roses, which was the first one we did. We were kind of laughing that it's our first one. It's, it's one of the albums that we love to listen to the most, but you re- it just, it feels like you're opening. It feels like I'm opening up my closet again, but it's my closet of special, special secret. It's my, it's my archaeology dig that I found, but I can't show mm-hmm. anyone because they're going to try to steal it from me or expose me or make or it less not than appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be like, that's, yeah. that's fucking fool's gold. You know what I mean? Right. And this whole time I'm like, no, it's not. It's my very special gold. 
And so I feel a little, I, and I could, I, you're a little, you're like, oh, 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 oh. you know, it's, it's our thing. And then once you release it, it becomes, some, it can become something else. It become, it becomes other people's things. Um, right. And we're so, we're so, you know, a, a lot of what we do is interview people about their vulnerable connections to things, um, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's always a little bit whoo, when it comes back to us. I know. I get that I butterflies again. Mm, I know. Well, I felt that way last season with Elaine Stritch, and I know you did with Alfre Woodard. There are just Ugh. a few things like going so close to the bone. And this was really for us after Experience the Divine, the greatest hits album. This was really, in my memory, like the next one that we were really, really, really obsessed with. Okay, so I think this was the one. I don't I listened to this way before I listened to the Divine Massam. I listened to Experience No Experience the Divine. The Divine. I said after Experience, Experience the Divine. Oh, oh, oh okay. We see and I got I not I, Divine Massam. No, this was no, Experience the Divine, you're right. And then this. And then this. Mm-hmm. And then this. And so listening to this and trying to be a little bit critical, critical thinking, I think I thought, fuck. I have listened to this. This is the most listen. I'm getting shivers. I'm going to start crying. This is the most listened bad album of my life. Mm. Uh, it's almost up there with Bed of Roses, but I think this, it's this one. I think it's you this had one. this one before me. Yeah, that cassette. Yeah, you had that cassette first. And the Ugh. the most iconic thing about this album is the cover. The album art for this album we just is thought she so looked beautiful. beautiful. Just it's beautiful. The, the Height of Bet Beauty. She has on this tumbling red <laughs> wig of this cascading red hair. Which we which... didn't know. We just thought she was full, just full fetched beauty as a child. You know, we we're like, this mm-hmm. is the state of eleganza, elegance that we <laughs> uh, want to be when we grew up. And here's the tea is that when we started getting into Bet, we found her through Experience the Divine, her greatest hits. But then the only thing we really had that was uh that we that we could instantly go back to was this uh yes. so this was this was like our way of, and this was yeah this was her most contemporary work to date when we were getting we were all of eight and yeah and and so so we were re- able to really get this quick where bed of roses we had we were fully flushed we, and we got the, got it new yeah. we had but to this wait we got to really have a lot of time to sink into this was kind of our next our, our, our next step Bible, yeah. Our child's okay. children's Bible. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I, I am so nostalgic. I mean, I am so nostalgic for this. I still feel, you know, that we were talking about the bed of roses where you where you can listen and you feel that hopeful childhood thing. That so comes up for me. And the identity of being an adult comes into my mind. Like what oh, I thought adulthood was, was absolutely. this album. This album is so adult and I have <laughs> so many thoughts of that on each track, but it reminds me of riding in the back of the station wagon, Teresa Deverna station wagon on the way back from the beach as kids, Ooh. just like riding back, sitting, looking out the back, listening to this on that, on my little black cassette player. Yep. This is such a beach album too. I, I definitely get the, the relaxing feel of just running your butt off on the beach for hours mm-hmm. and hours, um, going up and down those sand dunes. We had beautiful sand dunes in Michigan. I know you, some of you can't believe it, but it's, you know, epic, gorgeous, beautiful beaches in Michigan, beautiful, beautiful Michigan beaches. And, and just being so totally sun kissed, having that really just relaxed, chill vibe. And then just putting on that. Some people's lives. <laughs> 
cassette with the boys in the back to really be able to sink into the meaning and just drift away. <laughs> to your summer feelings. <laughs> you guys want to put on Pearl Jam? No, we got something that's really going to fucking, fucking rock your socks off. <laughs> And the album starts with a song that everyone who listens to this podcast <laughs> holds near and dear to their heart because we listen to it every time we have an episode and we review it on every single episode. And we love it. So that's that's important. We love this song. So so this song very is much. such a it's such a campfire song. You know? We yeah. use the first 13 seconds of it as an intro to our show. And it's such a campfire song. I don't really know much about this song at all, other than the fact it always makes me feel like I'm at camp and I'm singing in the round on and the girl's side. On the girl's side, well, because they literally talk about Boy Scouts. So in my mind, this was mm-hmm. a Girl Scouts anthem. It has a really fun production, kind of like a Calypso, really up-tempo vibe that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, 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 so obsessed with. It starts off so hot. So bouncy, so buoyant. One more round, girls. Let the boy scouts hear you. One for your mother and two for your teachers and three for the pretty boys in a row. One for the money and two to get ready and see. Now you're ready and four to go. Let's go. Let's go, go. Let's go, let's go, let's really go. Girl to girl, get nothing like. A lot mm-hmm. of the album, she she shuffles in her girls and or Luther Vandross, who was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who he will say it was like I was the fourth girl. I don't know why that. I just watched him on Rosie, and he's like, well, you know, I was her fourth harlot, right? I just stood behind the wings. I just watched. he did. Well, you know, he was yeah. very in, in, integral on songs for the new depression. Yep, yep, yep. But this um, and this album, she uses a lot of her harlots uh, as background. She uses Ula Hedwig. And uh, Charlotte Crossley. And you know who else sings background on this album is Miss Sissy Houston. Oh, Sissy, Sissy got a, Sissy got like probably a day rate. Yes, she did. So come on in. Sissy and... is on this record. Yeah. There are so many great singers on this. But this this opening also reminds me of Friends. It reminds me of that thing where bet it's bet on bet on bet, harmonizing with herself and making a group of herself. double bet voices or if it's bet in the harlots but this is the most girl group out this is the most classic girl group uh bet kind of really returning to her roots we should say that there is a reason why this was so when we when we got experienced the divine and then nick and i 
the, our, our, mo our next most really kind of accessible thing was going to the video store and renting her movies. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of, I feel like was the next avenue was we were, we would watch her movies. We were, we were readily able to do that. We didn't have to be yeah. schlepped to a record store and get her cassettes. Um, and a lot of the stuff seemed kind of foreign to us because uh, they were all, all, all over other album sites, beaches, beaches was a soundtrack. soundtrack. Uh, she hadn't done something since 83 and that was a really weird yeah. looking album. I remember being like, this looks really weird. I have no idea what this is. I do not understand this kind of music. Right. And so she, that had was my favorite album. Oh yes. Yes. Um, so she had, yeah, she hadn't done a record since 83 and after beaches came out and the wind beneath my wings went number one and she won all these Grammys for it. And that album was arranged mostly by Mark Shaman. Mark Shaman, the great composer and music arranger. Beaches was kind of his first album album with her. He did some vocal arranging on Thighs and Whispers in 1979. But Beaches was his first, like, when he became her new Barry Manilow, basically. And then this is his second big album with Bette. And he is really responsible, right, for a lot of these song choices and vocal arrangements and everything. Yes, our reef, uh, I think, did like the main one um, from a distance. I think, uh, yeah. But Mark did a Mark did a ton, a ton. Brought her a ton of stuff. He actually said this is his favorite album of hers because she couldn't think on it. She mm -hmm. couldn't think and second guess herself. Because mm -hmm. you know? they were making it so quick. Because when Beneath My Wings was such a hit, they just kind of threw her into the studio and they're like, "We need another album now, now, now." And I love. Okay, let's go into the next one. I love this song so much. The title track, Some People's Lives, is so... It's really odd, like, hearing that story that they're like, let's get another hit record out for Bette Midler. And then they title it Some People's Lives, and the title track is this extremely sad Janice Ian song that is just piano and Bette, and the vocal is gorgeous. It's lush, it's kind of pared down, she, I was reading some interviews for this, and she said that uh, someone asked her what song best describes her, and she said, "Hello in there, John Prine." She said, "I always sing that song. I sang it when I was young, and now it's funny because I'm singing mm -hmm. it when I'm old, and it's about old people." And then she said, "Some people's lives." This is the hello in there on this record. Yeah, this is her hello, and I just think it's really interesting. That was like in 2016 when she was answering that question. She performed this live in the original Experience the Divine concert uh, oh, back in, at Radio in the City. In the nine, in the early night, you know, and then when she yeah. came out, she was she she. So this got switched out for something from Bed of Roses, but this right. was the album she toured on. This album, like a couple of years later in '93, she started touring, and the, so she was she brought these songs up, and this was. But she that's the only time she did it live. So I just I, there's something in my heart space that she still thinks of this song very closely, you know, like that represents her life and kind of her story. They because yes. she just they just need to be kissed. <laughs> Some people's lives run down like clouds One day they stop and that's all they've got Some lives wear out like old tennis shoes No one can use well, it's sad, but it's true. Didn't anybody tell them? Didn't anybody see? Didn't anybody love them like you love? 
Also, the collaboration with Mark Shaman on this, like he's playing the piano and there's something about the piano playing in this. This is like, for me, a real musical pop for their collaboration to me. And there are so many uh, live performances like on the Johnny Carson show and in the movie Beaches where you see him playing the piano for her. But I don't know. There's something about this piano accompaniment that is so gorgeous and it really feels like a duet between the two of them yeah yeah didn't anybody tell them that's not how it is to be didn't anybody love them like you love me some people ask if the tears have then why take your chances? Why bother at all? And some people's lives are as cold as their lips. They just need to be kissed. Doesn't anybody doesn't anybody see? Doesn't anybody love them like you love me? Cause that's all they need. It's beautiful. You know, uh, she actually went. On the, on the blogs a couple of years ago, she went back to, uh, to visit Genesee and I think in Nashville to do some writing. I don't know if anything's Ooh. come of fruition, but... They know they did write a song and um, Mr. D had put it up on Bootleg Betty, like mm. the lyrics to some song that she right. wrote with Genesee. Right. But they were very close. We need to do Genesee and on Deep. I know. Should know. I, know. I love Genesee And also, let's just say this. That's the beginning. So at first, you listen to Warm Around and you're like, Bet's back. This is classic Bet. And then... And then she goes into some people's lives and you're like, oh, so she's really going to kind of continue and genuinely into the Beaches influence. Like the Beaches influence mm. was like tipping her toes into adult contemporary mom rock. Um, this is the full move into adult contemporary this album. <laughs> and then we get so then once we get into some people's lives, it's like she's done. She's done a back backflip triple somersault. Uh, cartwheel off the highest diving board into the pool of adult contemporary. And then she's mm-hmm. just swimming wide and in, in, in this, you know, and this is like for Nick and I, this was like, this was what the moms were listening to. I remember going, learning piano. I did not learn how to play piano. I was not good at it. I didn't focus, but I, what I would focus on was Miss Ralph's CD collection. And she had experience of the vine and she mm-hmm. had some people's lives. And she had mm. Bed of Roses. And I remember thinking, anytime I would see someone with the Bed album, even Nick and I would be like, look, look, it's there. It's there. We saw another <laughs> we one. We saw her name. There'd Just seeing her name would thrill me, thrill me. And so I was like, look, 
this is my music teacher's collection. She has this with all these other records I don't give a shit about, but she has these in here. She's a fucking adult. She lives in a lock cabin. I too am going to be chic one day. Adult contemporary. And the, but then now and now we get to cla- now we get now, I mean classic but and now we get but well, I think these are all I think these three are all kind of exemplary of her moving into adult contemporary, but also keeping the divine Miss M like that being a hello in their homage. And this is like the boogie woogie bugle boy moment, you know, mm-hmm. Miss mm-hmm. Otis regrets track three, one of my favorite recordings of hers of all time. And it's really that big band moment. It's so much fun. The harlots are really on point, And I love when she does this in concert. This, this song is a huge bop. Miss Otis regrets she's unable to lunch today. Madam, Miss Otis regrets she's unable to lunch today. Mm. And she's sorry to be delayed. But last evening down at Lover's Lane she strayed. Madam, Miss Otis regrets she's unable to lunch today. When she woke up and found that her dream of love was gone Madam, she ran to the man who had led her so far astray And from under her velvet gown She drew a gun that shot her lover down Madam, Miss Otis regrets she's unable to lunch today we saw her. We said we gotta see her do it. Mm-hmm. We gotta see mm-hmm. her do it. Her last concert, Divine Intervention. It was amazing. It's such she a great loves song. This you know, song. You know, Nick Mayo. Uh, growing up, used to perform this. Friend of the pod. River. Yeah, friend of the pod, Nick Mayo, who was on our beaches episode, used to perform this when he was like seven years old on the dock of their river for all the people floating by. And he would just do it on a loop continuously with the same choreography for hours and hours. Which is so hot. And he also has told us that he also wakes up uh, sometimes every morning and he has, this is the first song he listens to. Just It's to get, so good. Just to, get him, just to get him going. And I just love that story so much. To just really pop you up. Her vocal on this is actually really, really good. Yeah, this is like um, this is like the OG Dixie Chicks, um, Earl Had to Die kind of classic mm-hmm. revenge woman taking control that I just think that just loves to sink her teeth into. You can just tell that she has wanted to do this song forever in a day. Like this is absolutely. It's like just it's like she Sophie wants. Tucker doing the Andrew sister. Mm-hmm. When the mob came and got her and dragged her from the jail. They strung her up on the willow across the way And the moment before she died She lifted up her lovely head and cried Madam, Miss Otis regrets She's unable to lunch Miss Otis regrets she's unable There's a great, uh, we always do our YouTube shout outs, but there's a great YouTube video of her doing it on the last episode of Johnny Carson in this like fabulous Which, dress. 
actually is a flop for me. It's oh, the it's, you only don't like thing that? of that episode that's a flop. Her vocal on that is not good. You think there's she's something... a little all over the place? There, yeah, there's something weird on that. She can't catch her breath. She it's a very it's a weird thing. I can't tell if she wasn't ready or they didn't rehearse it enough, but she can't get under the vocal for the song. And she, when they go over to Doc Stevenson and he's Stevenson, whatever his name was, and he's playing the trumpet, it's cool, but it's almost like it wasn't orchestrated right or the sound wasn't right on the mics. It's really like watch it again. It's not the great. It's not my favorite. Well, maybe don't say there for the vocal, but uh, say there for the dancing and Jen- Jennifer Lewis of it all. Uh, oh yeah, because it's really fun to see her just light up behind that uh, and shake. God, shake. I want a Jennifer Lewis and Bette Midler vehicle. Well, we you know what I thought got the one other the day, kind of, but it wasn't a vehicle. I mean, she was just in it. Yeah, I thought the other day. I really wish we would have had a Jennifer Lewis, Mama Rose. Mm. Can you imagine? Do you know that Shangela lives lived forever and a day in Jennifer Lewis's basement? Really? Yes. Like for a vi- like she took Shangela under her wing, and Shangela has like lived with Jennifer Lewis for a long, wow. long time. Isn't that the hottest thing ever? I love that. I'm obsessed with Jennifer Lewis. I mean, you know, the, have you heard the episode of RuPaul's podcast with Jennifer Lewis on it? Oh, uh, I have to. She it's, will drop a Betty. She will drop her well, best she, stories. She and Michelle Visage get into a lot of Betty, and Rue, as always, does not like to talk about Bet for some reason. I think they must have had some sort of bad moment together because he will never really pick up on a Bet Midler throwdown. But Jennifer Lewis tells this incredible story about a time when Bet something happened and Bet couldn't get on stage in time for Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. And so Jennifer Lewis tried to sing lead on it. And she said, she's like, don't try to do something Bette Midler will do. When she told you she was divine, she wasn't fucking lying. (laughs) No one can sing like Bette Midler. No one can breathe like Bette Midler. I thought I could. I can't. It was a mistake. I almost fell down and died. Thank God she came on stage. And she's just, they are so great together. I fucking love Jennifer Lewis. And I'm so happy that she has that TV show and that she is like making a million, thousand million dollars right now. And it's just been really, yeah, in the past, like, five years, like, all of, she's been memed and celebrated and clipped and absolutely yes, adored in the way a huge that she way. should be. So, we love oh. you. We could do Jennifer the Lewis oh, Jackie's Back. We should do Jackie's Back. Oh, yeah. Jackie's Back would be good. That would be good for the Patreon. That would be such a great Patreon. And I just would love that. Oh, okay. Speaking of, speaking of, if you love us and you want more of us, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com, front slash for the girls podcast, where you can find additional episodes on lots of fun things from the Sybil TV show to the Golden Girls to Leia Salonga. Pitch, pitch a baby, pitch a baby. There you go. It costs $7 a month and it helps us stay alive on this podcast and it helps us be able to put this podcast up and produce it for you every week. Thank you. Thank you. And just more content. Come on, honeys. Who doesn't want more content of this? Exactly. Of this bananas <laughs> gay bullshit. Uh, you know what? What is your favorite track? Tell me when it is. Is this it? No, but I love this song. This is one of my Wait, favorite just give me a minute. Standards. Just give me a minute. I'll tell you when we get there. Is it my it's a favorite real, track? It's a real toss-up on this album for me between two tracks. Anyway, this if next it's a track, gift of love, I'm going. I'm I'm going to cancel the podcast. <laughs> this next track is called "Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most." It's an iconic Ella Fitzgerald standard 
from like 1960, 1961. I think she first recorded it. And it is one of my favorite bet vocals ever. And right. one of my favorite That's why I thought it maybe would be of all time. Once I was a sentimental thing Threw my heart away each spring Now a spring romance Hasn't got a chance Promised my first dance To winter All I've got to show's A splinter For my little flea Oh, you're not you're not a diva of a certain age if you don't have this on some form of record of, of recordings. You know, everyone kind of. I tries used to, to think that too, but I don't. I was looking up who else has recorded this song, and it's besides Barbara, Barbara Bet, Bet. Betty, Betty Carter, and Ella. There aren't that many divas that have it. Really? Yeah. So is it just it's, the Barbara of it all that's mixing my brain around? It is, and Bet recorded it twenty years before Barbara. Barbara didn't record it until 2009. I know. I first thought that this was like Bet taking a shot across the bow at Barbara, like coming for one of her tunes. But Barbara didn't record it until 09. It's a tricky song. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's it's a tricky kind of – it's long and you really Mm -hmm. have to – you really have to be in the pocket to follow the thread of it. Mm -hmm. And it goes like uh, vocally, it goes all over the place. Yeah, it's it's very rangy. It's very very rangy. It's got a long story, but I think the reason that Betts is so good and the reason Ella's was so good is because they both have a similar ability to bring humor to it. There's an irony, there's a humor, there's kind of almost like a gallows humor to this song of a woman singing about her own depression. Got me feeling like a horse that never left the pole. I lie in my room, staring up at the ceiling. Spring can really hang you up the most. Morning's kiss waits, trees and flowers. Just to kill the lonely hours, spring can really hang you up the most. I, this song is just, this song was one of my adult songs where I was like, okay, that's me in Central Park with a big floppy (laughs) jean hat with a big sunflower up on top, you know, in my like Doc Martin boots and my Mm -hmm. oversized, um, you know, corduroy romper writing my notes you know being very journaling 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 doing your morning pages this that's what i go to when i listen to this song you know the melon and i and i still every time i listen to it she's so this whole album is and maybe it is that thing where she just had to go they they didn't they're like you you're, you're on a hot streak let's keep let's rush this album out 
Um, mm-hmm. You can't keep you can't keep tinkering or trying to re-record your vocals. And Chappelle is so relaxed, I think, because of that. She is so open to the notes. Mm-hmm. Here. She's very relaxed on this number. All afternoon, the birds twitter twist. I know the tune. This is love. This is it. Heard it before, and don't I know the score? And I've decided that spring is a bore. Love. Also sang this in her concert, uh, Diva Las Vegas, in 1986. And we saw it too, babe. She mm-hmm. also did it for us. Yep. I think she sounds so fucking good on this number. Yeah, it's funny. Listening to Bed Enough, the way we listen to it, again, just like Miss Otis Regrets, you can tell that this has been in her little bag of songs that she mm-hmm. shuffled around. and She's has just been waiting to put it out. Waiting. Waiting to do. And when she gets a really wrap her arms around it and embrace it. And I feel that way about almost every song here. I feel like she just really loves and gets into the vocal of every song, you know, like gets into the story of it, the personality of it. It's amazing. It's kind of, there are these periods, there's the Barry Manilow period when Barry was handling her music, where I also feel like that about her songs. And then there's a series of four albums where she's not with Barry and she's with different people and she struggles and sometimes she hits on great material like with Tom Waits or, you know, um, or with Mick Jagger. Um, but she's not, there isn't a cohesive album like this. Mm. And then Mark Shaman is able to bring the cohesion that Barry was able to bring in this very beautiful way. And what they both have is an absolute adoration for her and her talent mm-hmm. and they have a vision for it. So it's like, it's not just a hire that's coming in and producing the track. It's literally people who are utter fans of her and want and have an idea of the shape that they want to hear that they know yeah. that they, she can produce. And I think it's and, really clear. And it's on having this. one person who kind of has, I mean, Arif has this, but a lot of those other albums like Thighs and Whispers and Songs for New Depression and Broken Blossom, there are so many different producers on them that they don't have the same kind of cohesion as the Shaman albums do or the Manilow albums do. It's, it's what, what I love about this song is the melancholy of it. And just the literal point of like, it sucks when things are nice outside and you feel like shit. <laughs> like I know. it sucks when like the beauty around you does not represent the anger or sadness or loss in your heart. Yeah. That you feel like you're missing out or like the world is telling you to uh, feel a certain way. And you're just not feeling that way. And we've all had that this year, right? Uh, or last year, um, the it's like the world outside is happening, but you you really should be staying inside. 
mm-hmm. you know, like the, like, it's still sunny. It's still bright, but like inside and everything and every, you know, it's, it's like, Oh, nature keeps on going. <laughs> it's not in accordance. You don't wake up yeah. and become a spring flower. You don't wake up and become a rose sometimes under the snow. No. Uh, and th- maybe this is kind of her slight roundabout counter to the rose. I thought about that. I just, mm. I just came up with that, babe. I just mm. came up with that just, on the spot. <laughs> just parallels to the universe. The next track is the first This is your single. favorite song. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, the second single from the album. This is the second single from the album. Um, She did uh-huh. a couple, and, and this wasn't... None of them really hit besides, besides what you all will be very soon aware of. This is but your favorite one, song. No, I'm just kidding. This is the <laughs> one they were going to put out. This is not my favorite song, but I think this should have been a much bigger hit. I love this song. Yeah. There, I, I've gone in and out of this song. I, I A lot of times I'd be out because the lyrics are so, can sometimes feel pained to me. <laughs> I mean, <literally>. they're a little <laughs> basic. It's like, you know. I mean, I I was just going to repeat the whole song, but we can play it right here. You can decide if it's a little like, I mean, it's not, it is the nose. It's like, it's the nose. It's inside the nostrils. It's not on it. It's like, there's a a heavy, there's a heavy AAAAA rhyming scheme happening that we just need to appreciate. And that's what brought this to number 62 on the track. tell you the uh re-listening this has been the one i keep coming back to really yeah you know what this makes Maybe, me feel yeah. like hmm. this makes me feel this it went speaking of adult feelings i always think of this is like very 90s la to me yes baby like i'm driving on the 101 to my studio city mansion i'm having my siggy after a meeting at the studio and i've got on my big oversized blazer with shoulder pads and i'm just like wondering if if it makes the picture right. Oh, wow. How are we ever going to really lose the fight? Never 
get in. So Hop into the I fantasy. Am, so I'm I'm waiting. I'm in my Hollywood Hills mansion. I'm in my um, olive green teddy with my matching mm-hmm. with my matching bottoms with my mm. with like a silk robe around there mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a glass of wine out by the pool. Uh, a nice know, chardonnay. A nice mm-hmm. chardonnay, staring at my lover. You know, just being like, wow, like there's so much heat between us. We're so different. (laughs) (laughs) I have long, I have long, curly, um, Audrey McDonald hair. Like, yeah, you have Audrey McDonald hair. Audrey McDonald, like, yeah, that's like, this is how I imagine this song, (laughs) this song going. It's steamy in a certain way. And that's why it went to number 15 on the adult contemporary charts. 68 on the regular, but listen, the the real piece of those ACs. Those ACs. This there's next track is my favorite too. song. Not like anyone gives a fuck, but there's a music video to there this. There is a music video she's to She's swinging this. on a swing. And... It doesn't make no sense. My music video in my head is way better. Oh, the yes. next song is my favorite song. Wow. Okay, this is my... I, I, I've been wanting to say this is my surprise. This is one of my biggest bet surprises of them all. Really? Yes. And I... Yes. I just am surprised I... that she does this. You want to hear my take? Go, give it I to think me. This is, I think this is her first real country track. In so many ways, honey, I feel like it's her only real country no, track. I believe in you. I believe in you. I know, but this this just, I don't know. This just, I feel like and you can throw house, this up and no This whole house is a country oh, well, track. Yeah, you yeah, know that that's her Dixie sure. Tricks moment on the Rosemary Clooney. But this is a real country track. This song is my everything. It's got fucking hot guitar solo. It's gorgeous. The vocal is so beautiful. And it was written by Jude Johnstone, who is an amazing female songwriter who writes a lot for like Bonnie Raitt and Trisha Yearwood and Emmylou Harris. And it's just a beautiful song. I bet you think you can just use her the way you used to do I got news for you your fuse is out the girl is on to you I bet you think you can abuse her and say you love her too The girl is on to you She's grown much wiser Than you realize She will surprise you No more pain for your lies And I'll bet you think 
I always think of it as a, some kind of third party narrator of, of, of mm. observing the situation. But then I, yeah. I started thinking of it as maybe like an older sister, you know, or like a, a best friend to come in or a best friend who like gets that special three minutes alone with the, with the Mr. Shithead and kind of in be the like, kitchen. guess what? I got to tell you, buddy, guess what? Like your numbers up. You're, it's the such girl, an interesting song. You don't hear that many points of view. I feel it's very specific. Well, there are lots of like songs that. on. There are lots of songs on this album that are almost theater songs, and I think mm. that that's that Mark Shaman influence in a big way. And there are, are two that are actual theater songs that mm-hmm. we haven't got to yet. But this one is kind of like a theater song in that way. There's such a character, and Bet loves having characters in song. She's grown much wiser. she is on this why i think this surprises me so much is that as relaxed as she is on as brink really hanging you up the most and kind of this whole album this whole album's produced to the nth of its life it's it's like yes. wall-to-wall sound it's um it's lush it's a whole it's, phonic sensation and this is just this is i i guess until he was too good to me but even that just feels really lush this is just the just is just the outlier for me that's why it's so surprising to me. It is just, it's that just like guitar. guitar. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And it's it's one oh, here's a fantasy. It's one I would love Bet to do like now in a concert with just her ukulele. Mm. Can you imagine? Yeah, or Bet used to do and um I think she kind of did it for us. Like, yeah, I think she went and maybe sat down for us. But my favorite thing, like if I was going to do a back concert, like if I was going to perform a back concert, I'd always put this in there. I love when she kind of takes takes it down and goes and sits down uh, and all the girls mm-hmm. kind of sit around her. Just her a couple songs to she sit around She did that her. for By Me, Mr. Shane. Yep. 
so I would put yeah. that. I, this would be my song where she kind of makes it a little bit of a, uh, a kind of a campfire moment. Campfire sing along with her girls. I would love mm-hmm. that. That would be everything. Oh. Okay, are you ready for the big one? Are you I'm ready sure. for the big mama? Yeah. This is the hit, y'all. This is legit Beth's second biggest hit. This is why everyone bought the album. Everyone bought this album for this song, the Julie Gold mega hit from a distance. The anthem of the Gulf War. <laughs> that classic originally... war that everyone still <laughs> memorializes and talks about. Even the people on TikTok are saying, don't forget the Gulf War. (laughs) It's weird. It was kind of the first of these wars that we've kind of been in perpetually ever since where there was like an idea of war, but it wasn't really affecting anybody in any way. We just knew we had to be nostalgic about it. And we had it. We sent troops out. I mean, it was it was was like some real. Yeah. God bless America. America was like, no, like you know no it, it didn't no. it didn't escalate or there wasn't a lot of ground fighting mm-hmm. for all of you who weren't alive during 1990 but this song was originally recorded by patty griffin and written by julie gold um and that's sort of a huge relationship between the two of them who are big collaborators i often think it was written by the comedian judy gold which is not true well i thought it was written by our next artist diane warren forever and ever and ever because this does just seem like something that she would whip up um do you know who else covered this who? Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle loves coming for Beth's material. I think Patty did it first. I think I remember. I think Patty might have done this first and it didn't get. Okay, guess who else? Another Patty. Who? Patty Lapone, mama. Guess who else? Patty Lapone does it from a distance? <laughs> guess who else? Leah Salonga. Our girl. Oh, Leah our, would do an amazing uh, she? The, one. Leah can get by. We we give Leah a pass for just about everything because mm-hmm. because she is a diva slayer. Nick and I have decided Leah's kind of she the diva the slayer. Ultimate diva slayer. Watch out. She will she will cut your vocals down in half. She'll take it from you. She'll take it from you. <laughs> oh, Judy Collins. Me. Judy Collins sang it before Bet, too. But there are all these people. It doesn't really matter. And Elaine Page recorded it the next year. None of it matters because Bet turned it into one of the most colossal hits. Though it only peaked, it peaked at number two, not number one, which was a huge bummer um, for her. But I tried to listen to this on this re-listen because this is my skip. I just don't ever need to hear the song again necessarily. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I can get into the vibe, but it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, growing up, in the nineties growing up a bat had this song was just on the, ra- you couldn't turn on the radio during that Gulf War time and not have this fucking hit you over the head for like all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, this is, yeah, th- we really lived through this. I mean, it was this, I guess until I will song, always yeah. love you came out and then it became that forever. But I love this. I read this one review of it where the reviewer said that Bette Midler again, uses her no frills vocal approach which is the only thing that could ever make this song appear genuine. And it's true. It's the same with Wind Beneath My Wings. There's something so raw and natural about how she sings it. And she seems like a every woman singing it. But that's why it feels so powerful. From a distance, the world looks blue and green. And the snow-capped mountains white. From a distance, the ocean meets the stream, and the eagle takes to flight. From a distance, there is home. 
Christian girl and she wanted to talk to me about that and I was like no you don't but she actually brought me a real interesting <laughs> she actually gave, gave me she was like you know it's Maybe really that. the way that she would hear Beth's uh voice she was saying that you know it, Beth has a has a kind of rougher quality to her and yeah. she was trying to say like that actually she's like you wouldn't think that that would be these ballads but but that's what makes it work that edge yeah. you know yeah. like that kind of coarseness. i mean that's what makes it work for me that's what makes judy work for me that's what makes piaf work for me is that it's the hard edge to it i don't think she's too much is... i think this is her least hard edged from a distance no yeah but... but there's still there's still an edge in her voice that never goes away it's not pure and perfect it's sometimes why and i love judy collins but sometimes why i like a judy collins or Barbara Streisand are not my number ones because it's so soft, it's so smooth, it's so perfect. Bet actually has a tough time singing this live. Yes, but have we talked? Have we talked about some of the podcasts? Our absolute favorite, favorite, favorite. This is one of my favorite performances of, of all time, actually. So as much as I maybe don't always put this on in what Diva Las Vegas, no, and they are at the Arsenio Hall when she has those big. Um, oh, bellowing yeah, sleeves. sleeves. Yeah, I mean, she rails on this. I think we need to play a little bit of it because she rocks the house down. Or at least you have I to actually to think. It. I actually think we play that recording on the pilot. I think we do too. <laughs> we cover this it. song ex- a lot on the pilot, and we've also covered it on the Patreon in our cool Yule episode. <laughs> so we are a little talked out on this. However, from a distance, you. We've talked about doing an episode of on it. The Grammys this year, 1991, the competition for uh, pop female vocal performance. She turns oh, around, she performs this live and she turns around in the middle of the song to, to her, like the, the choir of, I think, children. And she goes, hello, my name's Bet. What's yours? <laughs> <laughs> Like she's a stripper? I don't even find no, it's just she's Oh hello, children. No, but that's just like a line from Gypsy. My name's Bet. What's yours? Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. She looks great. She she did that on the Grammys. Breathless Mahoney realness on the Grammys. Oh yeah. She was doing a lot of breathless Mahoney looks, but this category that year was so amazing and we still should do an episode on it. But the nominees were Mariah Carey for vision of love, Whitney Houston. I'm your baby tonight. 
Bette Midler from a distance, Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. And then Lisa Stanfield, who I don't know who that is for a song called all around the world, which I don't know what that is. All around the world. Yeah, you do. It's a, it's a dance, kind of a dancey track. Looking well, to find my baby all around the world. No, no, no. Oh, I cut don't that, know it. But Mariah won for Vision of Love. And I just think that that category, they've now gotten rid of female pop vocal performance and it's just pop vocal performance, which I think is bullshit because female pop vocal performance in the 90s is kind of like the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Miniseries in the, in the 90s. And it makes, it's my happiest place to look at. You just want it to live in, to live in just good, as opposed to when the men come in and it's just crap. Like you don't <laughs> yeah, even have a man just... pop vocalist. Like the next year, uh, in the same category, it's Bonnie Raitt, Mariah Carey, Oletta Adams, Amy Grant, and Whitney Houston. And I'm like, what? That's the greatest that I cancel the entire Grammys. Just keep this category. She the song she moves around in concerts too. She sometimes will like. She sometimes gets gets it over with early. Yeah. Okay, next track, though, is another single from this album called Moonlight Dancing, written by the great diva Diane Warren. Currently coming for Twitter as the new Auntie Dion. Oh, my gosh. She Well, you know, real Auntie Dion is on Twitter tearing it up. Auntie Dion Warwick. I know. When she said that Billie Eilish was spooky, it was my everything. (laughs) But also, um, don't... This sounds like a Halloween song. Diane Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick fucking retweeted me and I thought I was going to die. Dionne Warren originally wrote this. You know who she originally wrote this for? Oh my God, I do. Um, The Pointer Sisters? Yes. Yes. For the fucking Pointer Sisters. Yes. This is a jam. And I really wish it was a bigger hit than it was. I this is kind of, I'll put this is I put this on mixes I put this on some fun if I want that to get that vibe going I'll put it on a mix because this is just a kind of fun uh cheesy 90s this is bet she doesn't really do it in her next album but then in the next subsequent couple albums she always tries to kind of slog in a dance track and it just mm-hmm. kind of sticks out it just it doesn't but this just goes this is just perfect it just fits into the vibe so fucking well it's not like ooh, this is the club that club mix that they're trying to promote i just it just has the exact right tempo yeah back to the beach back to the boardwalk how about a little Kate Bush do this song too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be hot? Yeah. Also, there is a version of this. They say a remix that I've never been able to find that samples. Do you want to dance? Oh really? Yeah. Wow. I have not been able to find it. So if anyone has it fucking write in and send it to us. I also kind of wish that there was a bigger vocal moment for her in this song. I would have put this out as the single before um, night and day. This would have been my neck. This would have been my lead but, single, maybe. But this didn't chart at all. 
No, but this would have Except been I would have dance charts. gone behind this first. I would have pushed this first, yeah. maybe, and then from a distance. Like, I would have pushed this out as to be, like, kind of what's exciting, what's going to get you interested. It has such great layering on it. Again, really, really fabulous production. Yeah, yeah this it's, is tits. it's fun. How about a So I kind of maybe lied. You know what my first note is for the next track? Mm-hmm. Best song on the album. Yeah. Is songs, this your favorite? Songs. This is my favorite. These feel- are this your favorite. Is- I, you know, when I asked you what your favorite one is, I, I, I thought we were going to share this one um, together. And I, I, th- I thought this was mine, but I'm kind of like, I don't even know that I have it. This and the next one are my two favorites, uh, actually. Mm. And I don't know. The, the whole album is a, a cohe- until we get to the last one is a cohesive work <laughs> for me. So it's almost like I just love, I, yeah, even from a distance still works in this sequence. So I almost love this. This sequence to me is just like my fucking drip, drip, drip of serotonin, you know, like, <laughs> and, and it just works. But yet yeah, this is my feeling song. This is where this is going to get me into my tear, my tear ducts. Mm-hmm. That and mm-hmm. is just everything. So okay, which we're talking about, it's a mix. We're talking about he was too good to me. They're two uh, standards, and then since you stayed here, and Mark Shaman brought her this song, and she, she talks about how this was kind of her ode to the to the men she's lost to AIDS. Mm-hmm. And when you think of it in that lens, and then you kind of listen to to her kind of going from the beginning and talking about what a great love that she had until the end, where she's just totally heartbroken how much has changed in her life and how much this person hasn't been a part of it. It's, it's hard, but this is, I would, I would, I would, I would pay everything to see her do this life. Every single penny I have. She's never done it to do, to see her do this life. Oh my goodness gracious. This is my biggest wish. It's perfect. He was too good to me. How will I get? along now so close he stood to me everything seems all wrong now he would have brought me the sun making me smile that was his fun Never say go away now. I was a queen to him. Who's gonna light my way now? It's only natural that I'm blue. He was too good to be true. The first half of the song that he was too good to me is by Rogers and Hart. The second half of the song since you stayed here is from a musical called Brownstone that starred Liz Calway. And she sang this song 
And the original cast also included Marin Maisie and Brian Darcy James. And it's just about a bunch of people who live in a brownstone together, which I love. You know, in the you know that they they alter one line, uh, and he was too good to me. It says, "Who's going instead?" They, the line that they in, in their reading, it's "Who's going to light my ray now?" But the original is, "Who's going to make me gay now?" Oh, who's going to make me gay now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard people saying that. I've heard different versions of "He was too good to me" before, and so I just kind of wonder if they didn't want, you know, they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. more of Who's the gonna... of this of the people who really did light her way you know really did right. celebrate her keep it very elton john in that in that way mm-hmm. you'd never recognize the room the pictures all had different frames now and all the chairs are rearranged now somehow Yes, there have been changes made since you stayed here. You'd never recognize the street. The neighbors' kids play different games now. The colors in the trees have changed now. Strange how. Since you stayed here The same address The more or less More happens Less matters, I guess You'd never recognize my The party givers know my name now And when I cry it's not the same now Somehow I never waste a single tear Yes, there have been changes made since you The end of this, the end, her vocal on the end of it is everything to me. It's not a classic Bet album unless she starts, unless she does that, unless she does that's the subtle breaking mm-hmm. uh, of it, and it just completes the whole thing. This is a movie. Listen to this. This is where I would say. Go here. Listen to this first. Listen to this first. I mean, yeah, the production's a little cheesy. It was 1990. Productions work a little bit kind of more cheesier. Uh, but but put up put this movie on and, and be in your feelings. This is my this mm-hmm. is mine. This, this is, is the this is a big theater piece too. Such a theater piece. Mm-hmm. Little Emmy literally for all of these songs. literally for little literally from two different musicals. But it's so 
so theatery. And Liz Calloway sings this a lot in her cabaret show. I got to hear that. I got to hear that. I'm, I'm it's good. Go you can hear wrong. it on hers on her Spotify. That's so exciting, honey. That sounds so. I love Liz. <laughs> I love right when they she tears apart your feelings with this song. She just lifts you right back up again with the next. Right. Right. Yeah. She she does her classic concert move where you're oh so in your feelings and then she's like nope zap zap back up the roller coaster get back, back up, up we bitch. go. This is on so many of my gym playlists. This will get me going. Isn't like this... a nice, like heavy jog. This is the funnest to me. The funnest song on the album. Uh, she sounds so young. She sounds so fresh. It's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's so upbeat. It's pure pop. Uh, it's just pure pop. It is truly no frills. I mean, it's just. It kind of has a Prince production a little bit. I don't. I, you know. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all the I feel like I'm shopping. I'm on Melrose. It's sunny bags, out. bags, I'm, big mistake. Bags, 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 bags. Yes, exactly. Just bags and little leggings, and I'm just trotting, just mincing down the sidewalk. Oh my god, little leggings and a um and a like really fitted uh, blazer, like a bla- you know mm. like one of your cla- like one of her classic. Oh, I'm gonna wear that, that so go. much in LA yeah. when this so, is all over and I yes, can go to LA. Yes. <laughs> where I'm going to go the second I get to LA and buy loads of leggings. But all of a sudden is sunshine. It's just sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a real strut, uh, real strut kind of shake your, shake your money maker uh, piece. And, and it builds, it's like four and a half minutes. It's just, I would have made pleasure. this a single. Me I would too. Made this a single before uh, Night and Day or Moonlight Dance. Wow. Yeah. I, okay. So maybe I, we're, we're really we're really trying to we're really singles masters here. Really Billboard top <laughs> top hot charts. So we should, we know what we're talking <laughs> we're about top forty. English I would have show. yeah. Maybe I've done all all of a sudden boom boom boom. Just get that light breezy pop out, and then I'd have done Moonlight Dancing to kind of show the other side of this pop spectrum mm-hmm. where it's kind of darker and 
more exotic, sultry, sultry. Yeah. It's everything, and and then we're and then that's the album. That's our no, album. It's it not. So, how dare you? I love this, this album battle. so this much. This is our battle royale. This is our battle royale. We haven't covered that. What was actually the fourth single from this album, which is a bop for me, but a flop for Jay. I think it's a bop for you. Only because I don't like this song. How about I say that 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 much? Oh, I don't wow. think that you would is have not done, like, the truth. Yeah, I think Incorrect. it's about me. So let's say let's say it's first. It's about me. Your opinions <laughs> stem from my opinions. <laughs> I it's okay. So this is my deep deep memory of this, right? Okay. This song is called "The Gift of Love." <laughs> and it's like a, the ultimate wedding song. Um, oh, honey. It, it for me, like when I was really young and had this album, I was like, this is what me and my husband danced to at my wedding. And this was like love to me. And again, very adult. And there's nothing it's you can buy. My heart's not ruled by greed. My heart's not ruled by greed. I want a diamond. Diamonds you see through. I want you to hold me. I want you to be true. Rickly fucking chorus comes in and you want to break. I mean, give me the gift of love. Look me in the eyes. Say I'm the one you're dreaming of. That it be the best surprise. Give me the gift of your sweet love. In the light of Here's my fantasy. Oh God, give it is just um, it's so horrifying. I, you know, I she sounds my... so good on it. What are you talking about? I, mean, I love she, this song. She the, she named an album after. She named a compilation. Yes, she album fucking after did. This horrifying song. Also, we're we're we're, we're burying a little bit of the lead, but um, our girls from the Bengals wrote this song. Yeah. Uh, Susanna so, Hoffs wrote this. So, so what do you have to say about that? Mistake. Damn, we have to she do made a, a mistake. Episode. Fuck you. This is not a mistake. And okay, it was written by Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals, which I sometimes get confused with the Go-Go's. But do you want to know why? Is because she wrote for Belinda Carlisle. She was, she was a great songwriter. Belinda Carlisle would also tear apart the gift of love. Would she? Yes, she he, definitely was. This is this is okay, this is my fantasy. How is dare you? I, for my wedding, I think it, not like he would be coming. He would probably not come to my wedding, or I don't even know if I would invite him. But you, I want to do a father and son <laughs> dance <laughs> to the gift of love. Yeah, wouldn't that be so? That's sick. Cringe. And like, I want my dad to like get on his knee and like hold like hold his hand up so I can like parade around in during my the gown, guitar you know, during like, the guitar yeah. solo <laughs> and then sit on his knee sit on daddy's knee like he's giving away his princess to the gift of love That guitar solo to me when I was like 10 years old was like the 
it, it was like bet is hardcore rock now this electric guitar solo and there is parts like which is like look me in the eye say i'm the one you're she she um all the modeling kind of saccharine shit she's able to she's able to kind of stretch farther to the ground as much as possible like that is her gift of love is that she's able to kind of take <laughs> this very weightless um nonsense song and <laughs> Kind of give it, to, kind of give. You do you really listen to this? Do you really just like I got to finish it out on this high? I would just put this on. I just put this on repeat at the gym as I'm doing my pecs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't been to pecs? a gym in a year. This is not. No, your I don't song. fucking know. I'm just the gifts of love is your pecs. I was just trying to make a joke. Uh oh, guys, gotta gotta get in thirty reps. But <laughs> here goes the gift of love again. <laughs> gotta get those titties nice and you and should nice re- you should make a. Uh, you know, like um, a Soul Psycho remix of The Gift of Love. <laughs> do you know what I oh mean? Get your bump on. You know that I really wanted to, if I was a Soul Cycle teacher, I really, I'm sure they do this. I really want to DJ a Broadway Soul Cycle spin. We're like climb every mountain and everything's coming up roses. Climb every mountain. Just... <laughs> that is so exciting to me. That is so exciting to me. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be, be the only so way I would like one of those fun. classes. Me too. Me too. Oh. Well, that is now officially some people's lives. Yeah, the album. Yeah, she she keeps it. She keeps it forty five minutes. She keeps eleven tracks. Again, it's my probably my biggest flop of everything. Bette Midler does is that she too she's really too short. She could do fourteen. Come on, baby, give us fourteen. Yeah. You absolutely have enough personality and vocal skills and excitement totally. to, to, to cover that. It's. It's never boring. Um, how how would you say, put this on and listen to it? I know we say beach, but you know what if we're not near the beach? Like what what's kind of the right oh, mood? I mean, I would definitely say beach? right now you should just like while you're sitting in your house and not going anywhere, just put it on. <laughs> okay, while you don't do anytime you're not doing anything, which is always put this album on and do it. I don't know a good if you're trying to go on your government mandated walk, it might be good because there's some like pensive, thoughtful songs. And then there are also some ones that will kind of pick up your tempo. This I is, mean, this is a Sunday to me. I would say this is a mm. little bit of a Sunday, you know, where you kind of are that kind of slow morning that you that, but you kind of want to get your stuff done kind of thing. But you able to be a little bit more contemplative and kind of live mm. inside and inside think about something. and think about god's perspective of you yeah think about how we are actually truly from a distance <laughs> from everyone uh, i hope all of you are keeping from a distance from each other I still do too. yeah um i love this album so much i hope you all try to rediscover it and get into your big bet feelings for the spring yes this is maybe like not her coolest album this is not her maybe the one that everyone puts on as like the essential bet album but for for nick and i for the purposes of this podcast this is our album. This is our fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that we love to share and listen to together, listen to separately all the time. I'm always calling Nick every couple of months and be like, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm back into bet. Oh, what album? Some people's lives. <laughs> I'm doing some people's lives <laughs> you again. Do. You know, oh, just so- get into your, just your auntie feelings, your real mature woman feelings. Yeah. It's okay to love. It's okay just to fucking love something. And just be be so yeah. happy and excited about that. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we get to do this album. F- find that joy. It's really important. Yeah, find that joy. Love what you love. It doesn't matter if it's cool or not. Just keep loving it hard enough and you'll eventually find other people who do too. Or if they don't, just love it all by yourself. 
yes, and then you can start a podcast and talk into mm-hmm. the void. <laughs> to- <You> really should. <laughs> we love you. Be well, safe, you. Battle Angels. Thank you for being in our void. Come meet us over on the Patreon. Uh, leave us an iconic review. Smash the download button on all the past episodes and catch up on the back catalog. We love you. Bye, babies. Be safe. Give me the gift of love. Look me.